how many games of Root Digital do you think you've played? That's a good question. Thank you. Oh, boy. Way too many. I'm going to take a guess and say like 470. That's a lot of games. (laughs) How many of those are against other people versus just like knocking out games against the computer? Um, Way more against the AI, just because playing against real opponents just takes a lot longer. So Mm -hmm. I I would still be playing if I was doing all of this against real opponents. But I I try and keep like a pretty healthy balance. Like, because if you just play against the AI, like, you know, I, I feel like after a while you're not really improving that much or like the, the gains right. are a little slower. Um, it's way more challenging to play against real people and, and a little more chaotic too. You're kind of just like getting the muscle memory of how the faction works a little bit. Exactly. Point, right? Yeah. You're just yeah. putting some reps in, just trying to understand and, and, you know, test out some new uh, ways of going about it. I do like that. You're trying to have a healthy balance for what is an unhealthy amount of games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, You're like, I don't eat just cookies. I eat cheesecake too. <laughs> You gotta keep everything in balance. <laughs> <laughs> That's because root is a dessert, right? Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a treat all the time, which is why I play all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. Today we're talking about root digital, the version created by Direwolf Digital and available. <laughs> created by Direwolf Digital Ow! and available. <laughs> Actually, I kind of wanted you to just howl again. You know what? I'm just going to put it in a second time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Created by Direwolf Digital. Kyle. Kyle. It's not funny anymore, Kyle. <laughs> Guys, I, I'm trying to stop. This game created by Direwolf Digital is available not only on Steam, but it's also on iOS. Is that right? Yeah. It's uh, also on the Google Play Store. Oh, Google Play Store. Great, great, great. Mm-hmm. And most recently, they just came out with the Riverfolk expansion, which includes not only the Riverfolk company, but the Lizard Cult. Yeah. Three new Vagabonds and the ability to play two Vagabonds at a time. Ooh. Uh, It's just done so much. I had kind of cooled on digital, but this expansion has led me to just... I I, I played like three games this morning. All is the Lizards, just because it's fun. (laughs) Just because it's fun. Uh, wasn't trying to do any groundbreaking strategy, just like I can play Root while walking my dog. You know, that's what the app allows you to do is you can play Root anywhere at any time now, which for a long time was my one and only wish. <laughs> <laughs> but now are you content now that you got your wish? No, I'm always unsatisfied. Jake. Yeah, yeah. You, nev- you have to be careful with what you wish for. If the yeah. game Twisted Metal had taught us anything. <laughs> It's the fact that you have to be careful what you wish for. Yeah, you've suffered from a not-so-happy ending right now, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, boo-hoo. You can play Root while you walk your dog. (laughs) (laughs) We truly live in dystopian times. Um, No, I think we've actually entered the the beginning of a golden age for Root Digital. Yeah. And I think that there's a good marker for this moment in time, which is that uh, Root Digital actually just won an award on Board Game Geek. Yeah, uh, a Golden Geek Award for best adaptation of a board game to like a digital platform, and yeah. congratulations, Direwolf Digital. Well, well done. Deserved. Yeah, they yeah, put in a ton sure. of work on on the app, and the developers are continuing to like 
you know, release new content and new challenges and all kinds of stuff that they've developed just for the app, which is very cool. I feel like anecdotally, it also seems to have really grown the Root community as well. Um, there seems to be a whole lot of more interest from other corners of the internet that didn't even ever talk about Root. Yeah. I've loved how it's opened up and, and lowered the bar of entry for so many people. Yeah. Because first of all, the price tag is is bigger. I mean, we, we'll talk about all these things, but just the ability to get new players on board through a tutorial system, through all of this has done wonders to make this game accessible to more people. Because for me, this is the game that kind of got me into heavier gaming. And I wish everyone who's going on that same journey the best. And so it's a, a great <laughs> entry point. I didn't um, know that. That's this was your like your the game that got you into saying like okay yeah more complex strategies for me. Yeah, yeah. Like w- where I started to be like, ooh, you know what I like to do? Homework before I play a game. <laughs> you know, and I know Kyle's the same way. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. to to watch it. How to play? I love to get out the rule book and follow along. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm a I'm a big homework person. You two right are now. the best students ever. <laughs> <laughs> a plus in playing games yeah when it comes to wasting time kyle and i majored in wasting time in the time we would have gone to college in oh my god we are so good at wasting each other's time now it's great <laughs> um i saw a great meme which is like somebody had posted they were like me making a decision in the witcher 3 and it's like you know like an image of somebody with like a bunch of equations and they're like examining <laughs> things with a microscope they're like me making a decision about anything else in my real life. And it's just like Patrick, like hitting a nail into his own head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I feel similarly about Root and all board games. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I've never realized that, but that's such a truth about myself. I'm now realizing I am like so ready to just like, let's go to dinner here. Let's just go. I don't want to go look at other restaurant reviews. I want to just do this, but I'll take 10 minutes to discover how to destroy the vagabond next turn. Like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. You have to take your time for sure with important decisions. (laughs) No, I, but I think it's, it's largely just like a a byproduct of enthusiasm. And for me, the thing about Root that I really love is how crazy the mechanics are and how weird the asymmetry, like how it produces these crazy board states. And uh, the the one thing that is kind of tricky, at least in the before times, is gathering people who are all around the same skill level in the same room to play this game or on TTS or whatever. And obviously, like, Root Digital and uh, the, you know, the way that the Discord has grown has facilitated a lot more of... Um, everyone gathering digitally, uh, which I think is awesome. Yeah, there's a high hurdle to jump in starting this game in the physical space because not only is it you know complex, but also even with people who are great at strategy games, it requires still a lot of explanation. <laughs> Uh, no matter what you do and even if you do uh, one of those most efficient teaching versions that we've talked about in previous podcasts including episode two of woodland war machine even if you do one of those you still especially if you have a a strategically minded uh, group they're going to still have plenty of questions so the fact that that gets eliminated in root digital by just the tutorials alone which just kind of gets you moving it doesn't actually those tutorials don't teach you a whole lot of the rules of the game they teach you how to proceed through a turn in each faction and what to do optimally in those turns that's actually a great way to just get you going and honestly as we've we've talked about with learning through failure uh it's it's a great way to just get you in the game and uh getting competitive quickly yeah plus like playing a real game of root without guardrails 
you, you make a lot of mistakes with the yes. rules. Like, we definitely did. And yeah. ba- like kind of continue to, honestly. It's very hard to play in a fully accurate game of Root. Yeah. It, I mean, you get better as you go. But Root Digital just, like, gives you a very safe place to, like, try stuff. And just you bump up against the limitations. And it just won't let you do it. So <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it may not teach you the rules. But you learn by going, like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. why can't I move those guys? Mm-hmm. Hey, what's going on? I should be able to. And then you're like, oh, you always have to rule where you're going yeah. to or moving, you know what? So, uh, yeah. That's so true. But before we get uh, too carried away extolling oh! the virtues of Root Digital, thank you, Dire Wolf, um, I did want to bring up uh, a little bit of Root News. Root News! Root News. <laughs> <laughs> this is hot a... off the presses, guys. Um, SP Shaman on the Woodland Warriors Discord has posted uh, their rules for the Root Jam 2021, which is a fan faction design contest taking place between May 14th and May 16th, raising money for Doctors Without Borders. So how this works is, uh, starting on May 14th, I think there's going to be like a suggestion or a prompt that then people have to design from. So you can't use any of your previous fan faction designs. It's a weekend contest where everyone's going to be trying to make, I think, like a similar version of a faction. I'm not exactly sure how it works. If you're interested in that, go check out the Woodland uh, Warriors Discord. It's in the Root News uh, pins. So Awesome. That sounds super fun. Uh, and uh, I remember there's an interview with Cole Worley where Cole talks about uh, the moment that he realized that Root was a very special game. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he pins that moment to uh, seeing that a lot of fan factions were being created. He was like, oh, this this engine, this platform, this thing has taken on a life of its own and, and it's become a very special thing. And so this to me is just like so exciting. It's such a great way to like flex your creativity. So like go do it, go have fun. Maybe you'll invent the next great root fan faction yeah all right so let's go around everyone's thought of their root fan faction if they made it what what is yours kyle (laughs) um well i i thought of one that definitely already exists but i think i have my own special take on it and it's like it's like a bunch of boars who are looking for truffles yeah (laughs) uh, or like wild pigs and so they score by like unearthing truffles but they're also like they get like rage and they also like to scatter. So those are the like two things that happen. So if you like, I don't know, there, there's this weird mechanic where like at the end of a turn or like if they get attacked or something, if there's more than four in a clearing, they just like scatter to adjacent clearings. <laughs> and so you have this like constantly like <laughs> scattering boars. That was like the whole thing. That's cool. Jake, have you ever thought of a root fan faction? What would it be? There was like a a mafia cat I wanted to do where they would steal items from item bearing factions like the Vagabond or the, is it the rat that has items in the game? And then also uh, finances from the otters and then blackmail other factions to make them give them other things for it. It was mostly, it was like otters, but you had to work for them. Uh (laughs) You didn't have a choice. That's fun. Yeah, I love a mafia themed. You? I always, uh, yeah, I always dreamed of a uh, a sheep faction that could like follow other players' movements. <laughs> like the sheep would always like like if you moved out of a sheep's clearing, that the sheep could then like follow you. And they were like really like pious and religious, and so they would like make temples that would then like 
add restrictions onto other players. Oh <laughs> They're no! Like, They're religion like made them too? restrictive. Yeah, yeah, but I I think that makes the game less fun to just right. make even more restrictive rules. Yeah, so. yeah that was like a pretty wet blankety faction for sure. But I loved <laughs> yeah. all the like names of stuff you made, like the Temple of Mercy and like yeah. all that stuff. It was very cool. <laughs> they were called the Followers of You because <laughs> you were the god controlling them. Yeah. Uh, anyway, fan factions aside, we do have a new tournament winner. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, this is, uh, in fact, um, of course, referring to the 1v1 uh, tournament organized by Fancy Zeeling. Shout out mm. to Fancy Zeeling in mm. the Discord. Oh, by the way, uh, I we haven't really checked up about this in a while, but I did make it to the semis. Yeah. Where I played against this player and got trounced super hard. <laughs> super hard. I mean, we made it a series. It was a best of three. We took it to game three. So Good. This player won the first game, I won the second, and then game three was a bloodbath. Uh, in the 1v1 tournament, do you do different factions in each of the games, or do you keep the same faction in each of the games? There is a draft kind of system where you have a, a so-called aggressor and defender Ooh. kind of role for each player that switches back and forth. That's kind of cool. But, so, we have to announce that the official winner of the print and play 1v1 tournament is... Spratic Zoom. Yeah. Well done, Spratic. Well deserved. I remember even I was like in the first round and I heard like Spratic really knows like how the system works. <laughs> like I heard it <laughs> from the other side of the bracket that like he was like, oh, he's he's crunched the numbers. He's figured it out. Um, that is true. That yeah. is true. I mean, Spratic had had. I mean, we, we chatted a bit after the games. Um, Spratic had put in the time and research. Yeah. And I, I feel like now with my. My uh, my humbling in one v one that I I'm actually more interested in the topic of one v one now with three. I think, I think it's yeah. there's some strategic depths to like kind of mine there. Um, just to give you a flavor, I chose the Lord of the Hundreds from the Prince and Play, the the rats, and Sporadic immediately counterpicked the moles, and then proceeded to to do this like really out there strategy of sending individual moles like everywhere on the map. And then kind of like having this weird sort of like positional comeback strategy about halfway through the game. And it was it was like a very near thing. Um, I think it hinged on like a bad die roll. But oh, wow, uh, really? Yeah, it was like really cool. Um, anyway, it's a strategy that I had encountered exactly nowhere before. <laughs> and I'd be so interested to speak with uh, with Spratic on the pot, maybe a Ooh, tournament winner. Yeah. yeah. Shout out. The, it's crazy because this tournament is such a, a place in time because it was using the earlier print and play materials. They've already been updated. The influence system is completely different. So it is just a, a place in time and Spratic deserves all the credit for figuring out what those special circumstances would do on that tournament because it seemed like he knew what was going on from the get-go. Not only did he crack that code, he'll's, he's like the only one to be able to do it because we're not going to have a tournament like that ever again right yeah Yeah. congratulations that's a special one yeah yeah Yeah, that's a that's a uh you know one time only um (laughs) honor right there very Mm -hmm. nice yeah yeah so all the credit in the world uh great matches and uh 
Spratic, I hope we get to play each other in the next one because I'm coming for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, Kyle, you're such like a chess head. I knew that 1v1, it's kind of your jam a lot more than me. And so It's yeah, cool. I, it's cool. Yeah. It's a little awkward in, in Root just because there's so much randomness with like cards and dice and stuff like that. So, it you know, it's not very chess-like in that sense. Sure. Um, but in terms of like it's, you know, looking at the map and kind of like trying to counter your opponent mm-hmm. and then think a few moves ahead, it's very fun. Uh, but okay, so uh, until next time, the next 1v1 tournament, we'll keep you guys updated at home. Spratic, come on the pod. It'd be great to have you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, All right, absolutely. so let's transition into our topic of the day, talking about Root Digital. As we mentioned, it is award-winning, um, and it is on, you know, you can play it on your phone, you can play it while walking your dog. So there's kind of three ways you can experience <laughs> a game of Root at the moment. You can play it digitally on the app. Oh. You could, okay. All right. We need, uh, you can do tabletop simulator, or you can play IRL in real life with physical cardboard. Okay, guys. So what are our opinions on these three different methods? How do they fit into our root lifestyles? Well, I think we've kind of covered TTS and IRL a little bit in this podcast, but I mean, I think we all agree that the difference that you can't have that interpersonal dynamic of seeing other people's faces and having uh, an unrestricted conversation is uh, is kind of a bummer. Uh, but, you know, that can be recreated in some ways by a Zoom or a Discord with video um, that can kind of facilitate most of that feeling. Um, but Root Digital takes it in a different space, right? Where because we're just limited to chat short of anybody doing voice stuff in Discord or anything like that. So it definitely changes... Uh, the discussion, I would say it limits it is at a basic level. I'd be interested to see what you guys say with more complexity than that. It's true. It's 100% true. Yeah, Root Digital, the kind of like discourse uh, between players is mediated through your thumbs. And uh, that's uh, kind of tricky. You know, it's yeah. not always possible to be as uh, nuanced or like convey the, uh, the, the same kind of idea or like emotional point try and win people over to your side, all that kind of stuff. It's very difficult in the chat. And, uh, you know, he can't, he can't convey tone in text. So it's yeah. uh, very easy to misconstrue what someone is saying. Uh, Kyle, we had a game hostile. we played on Root Digital the other day where this we ran into this communication. We are best friends. You're the best man in my wedding. Okay, <laughs> We have very good communication. We collaborate all the time. And when we were texting on, in the chat, I was like, <laughs> I was... I was the scoundrel and I was trying to turmoil the birds and it required nobody putting anything in rabbit clearings. And then Kyle built a couple gardens in rabbit clearings as the lizards. And I, we just had this whole miscommunication. Then I torched that clearing and then Kyle spitefully undid my turmoiling of the eerie just so it wouldn't work. <laughs> even though I don't even know if I was going to benefit the most from it. Kyle, talk me out, talk me out of this. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was definitely just a case where like we were trying to line up the strategy and yeah. just had a total like whiff. Like we just like <laughs> yeah. missed the handoff basically. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And so at the end of it all, it was like my faction got really wrecked, like in a, in a <laughs> well, bad way. Yeah. And and so I was, I was like, I'm just gonna go for a revenge, like undoing of this, and I, I like helped the birds stay alive another turn. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is like none of this ended up mattering in the end of the game because the cats won a dominance victory. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it was just wild. 
It was wild. Um, I think in in the chat, what I said was, "Is like I can be arbitrary too." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were getting snippy in the chat. Whoa. At each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is the thing too. Like you can't hear you can't hear tone. Actually, right. I should say you do hear tone and you infer it. Right? It's yeah. not. It's whatever's implied doesn't really matter. It's only what the other person hears. And when they read that text, they're going to hear it in the voice that they choose to hear it in. So yeah. yeah, that's that's really difficult. I I I think that makes it the hardest. And as you said on mobile, it's it's not even typing. It's typing with your thumbs. Right. So that makes it less incentivizing to do it. And I'm a slow, like, texter, so yeah. I feel like I'm always, like, mid trying to, like, mount my defense, and then somebody will just pull the trigger on something, I'll just be like, yeah. no! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. You can't say, hey, wait, he- l- hear me out, right? Mm-hmm. And how important is that to do at a board game, hear me out, you know? This um, happens all the time on TTS, on Root Digital, where you'll see somebody pick up their pieces and, like, go to set them in a clearing, and you're like, whoa, hey! <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, uh, you don't have to go there. Like, we can work something out, surely. Yeah. And they'll put their pieces back in the sale. Okay, well, talk to me. Like, what do we got here? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just feel like it's the back and forth is a little more natural in real life or in TTS. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the biggest difference here is that Root Digital is an app. And Tabletop Simulator is a simulation of, of playing in real life. Mm-hmm. As much as it can be, right? I think that we're still missing some social elements in Tabletop Simulator, but there are also some advantages to Tabletop Simulator that I think we should highlight, right? Kyle, you wrote something here about how customizable Tabletop Simulator is, and that's true. You can copy and delete pieces. You can size pieces up. Famously, everyone makes the keep token bigger so that we know where the keep is. You know, there's actual tools. Shouts out to Nebuchadnezzar uh, for the Lizard Wizard uh, kind of outcast calculator, I guess. Mm-hmm. Also the coffin maker's coffin. And of course the big red lizard dragon God that blocks the discard pile. Discard Dan, I think is his name. <laughs> For those oh, of yeah. you that never played tabletop simulator, you may think that Sam fell down and hit his head, but what he's taught <laughs> describing are a number of 3d objects that people have custom made to further facilitate some of the mechanics in the game that, you know, you would never get in real life. Thanks, Jake. I'm going to go to the hospital. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're bleeding pretty heavily all over that microphone. Yeah, I got. It. I'm a root podcaster. I got to finish the episode. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about. I guess there's kind of some differences in the app version of Root. Some actual rules differences where the game is different that I think we should highlight. Um, many of these are for asynchronous play. They tried to make the game work asynchronously. There are still things that you'd have to wait for, though, like ambush cards and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Kyle, I've only played one asynchronous game. The, the The rules are the same, regardless of which way you're playing, correct? Um, yeah, based, yeah, exactly. Like, the, the rules are kind of bent to make asynchronous play more viable yeah. um, and less interrupty. We're talking about asynchronous play as in uh, where you take your turn and then someone else gets notified that it's their turn. And then until they respond, the game essentially pauses, right? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And so there are a few kind of things that can um, create a hitch in the game. For instance, if you've crafted armorers in the base deck, every time there's a battle involving your faction, it's going to prompt you. Do you want to use armorers here? And Mm -hmm. uh, until you respond yes or no, like it, uh, it will make everybody else wait. So and uh, ambush is the same exact way. Every time someone activates, you know, the battle, it'll ask if you want to ambush them. 
which is a great way to fish for uh, somebody with an ambush. <laughs> yeah, you can tell if somebody has an ambush whether or not they play it because the game is pausing, you know? Um, so that can that can be kind of a bummer, I think. Oh, man. I Yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a big effect. Right. You hear the soldiers whispering, should we do it now? <laughs> no, <it's> like, <laughs> they're like, hey, is that a guy holding branches? Like, look, trying to look like a tree over there? Like, what's going on? I am a tree. And, and everyone's like, hold on. We're deciding if he's a tree or not. Right? <laughs> what do we think? Uh, let's just make camp for a while here just to see, just, uh, just until we get some more information. All right. Well, you guys let us know when we're ready to start the battle, okay? <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. So that can be kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a good one uh, to point out. Probably the biggest one that I can think of that just feels like it it's just almost a totally different ability, which is field hospitals. The cat's ability to, uh, whenever their uh, warriors are removed, they can uh, discard a matching card from that clearing and bring those warriors back to the keep instead of removing them. Um, but in Root Digital, the timing of it is very different, and this is for that more asynchronous play. Uh the idea is, I think it happens at the beginning of the cat's turn, right, Kyle? They can spend the cards, uh, and the, the the computer remembers each battle and will give it to you in order of how many cats died in each battle. Is yeah, this right, Kyle? so there's a bit of a timing delay, and I think this is this is like the main example of things that are meant to promote asynchronous play. If the cats are prompted to field hospital after every battle, like that could get really tedious really fast. So they decided to just push it all to the very beginning of the cat's turn, the decision about whether to field hospital. There is one exception to this, and that's in battles at the keep. Battles at the keep every time it will ask if you want to field hospital. Just to prevent, you know, griefing. Uh, it works for crossbow strikes as well, notably. Oh, um, oh, interesting. But the the way that the game tries to balance it out and I think this is kind of cool, actually, is just like you said, Sam, like it'll pre- present your options in kind of descending order of uh, how many warriors you lost in each instance of losing warriors. Yeah. Um, so if there was like a battle and you lost one cat and then a battle where you lost two and then a favor of where you lost seven, it'll, it'll show you the one where you lost seven first and ask if you want to spend the card. So if you have like only one rabbit card to spend... You're, you're getting the most bang for your buck, essentially. And so I think that's the, the sort of trade-off there, is that while the timing is a bit fuzzy, at least they give you a hand with, like, you know, you don't have to risk it. anything yeah. about, yeah, you don't risk any optimization loss. Right, you have more information when you're choosing the field hospital. I'm not saying it's a better thing, but it is. It, this part is different, right? Because you might have spent that rabbit card to rescue those two cats in that second instance and then not had it for the favor when you really should have used it, right? Right, exactly. There's a bit of, like, fine balancing type thing that's going on. My my preference is the kind of initial original version, as it were, um, because it you know, creates that circumstance where you're like, do I spend this card now or do I wait for another battle? Like, you know, there's a little bit of a, like, push your luck mechanic slightly at play, which I think makes it more interesting, but you know, 
So it goes. They're, they're trying to promote a synchronous play. Like, I get the trade-off. I, th- I think it makes sense. Yeah, it's it's a choice in, in all those cases. I mean, Ambush, that's a tough one to get around. Like, you, right. from, a de- from a video game design standpoint, there's a rule where you need to let the other player choose to react or not. And, you know, even in real life, when we say, do you have an ambush, like, <laughs> there's actually, is there even a rule in the law of root that says you have to wait? It's like you play it in response to, right? So there's really no actual procedural reason to ask until it's just a polite thing to do is to give them the opportunity to say so. Yeah. So even sometimes that delay uh, can happen in the game that does reveal that unless you're always saying something like, I choose not to use it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's why you But it's like the game wasn't going to do that for every battle. No, that, no exactly. No, that would forever. be and that would be insane. Exactly, exactly. So you you they're locked into those, I feel. Field Hospital, it's almost I mean, I don't code video games, so I have no idea what's possible, so it's not, but it feels like there could be a setup button that just says asynchronous play or not that yeah. changes the field hospital rules back to normal. Right? I... I feel like it should be something you can toggle or just have yeah. that be the rule anytime you're playing an asynchronous game. Yes, yeah, by right? default. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think that, that that could be good. Because honestly, that's the biggest change. All the other things we're going to talk about here are like small things that kind of make sense when it's like how many times does this matter um, versus just the ease of play. Uh, so let's kind of get into those, I guess. Um, these are the smaller examples here. Uh, one of the things, another cat thing, is you can't choose which wood tokens to spend, right? So if you have multiple sawmills and you have three wood on one and two on the other, you can't choose which wood tokens you're spending to build a new building, which can matter because those wood tokens are worth points. So you might want to spend them from certain clearings that you think are in danger of being attacked. It can be extremely helpful to like get your wood out like out out of the way basically right and even beyond being attacked like being occupied um as well is is pretty dangerous um why is this this way i i think this one kind of makes some sense because the the wood tokens are such a like a small like physical thing in the game it's like a teeny tiny pile with a teeny tiny number <laughs> and i just think it's it's like more button presses and it's kind of one of those things that it feels pedantic in a in an app situation. Yeah, I feel like 90% of the time it's just going to be the wood. You know, you don't have a choice or the choice is fine either way. But there is a a different percent where it's going to be crucial, you know? I don't know. Yeah. It, it's hard. It's hard. It's really like the only times it's the times when it really matters, which is the only times I ever care about it. Right. So right. It's, it's not that frequent that I really even think about this anymore. But um, yeah, there's a, there's occasionally times when it just seems totally absurd that you would leave one wood at like an undefended sawmill. <laughs> That's just actually crazy to do. Does the does the game have uh, instinct for which ones to pull or does it do it at random? It's kind of hard to say. I I actually, you know, with all the games I've played, I have not really figured it out. I actually I'm sure didn't notice until you guys brought it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was always thankful. I was like, yeah, do the math for me. Go. Uh, what else? We, uh, as the Woodland Alliance, you can't choose which of your supporters you're spending. So if you have like three Fox supporters um, and you're revolting, you can't choose which two of those three you're using. You're just using two of them. Which really doesn't matter too much except for when the Tinker's in the game, right? 
when the Tinkers in the game and can go through the discard pile, I want to make sure that I'm not putting Favor of the Foxes in the discard pile, or I'm not putting the Swords in the discard pile or something. So um, you can't really use your supporters to lock cards. You can't use your supporters to lock cards in the same way. It doesn't uh, choose birds when it should choose a suited instead, right? No, that priority's uh, pretty Set. good. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer, but that's so. That's again very situational for like Tinker, right? So yeah. So like, or or just knowing that the deck is going to be reshuffled, reshuffled for whatever reason. Yep. But uh, I think like the wood situation, it's just like less clicks. Let's get the game going. They're going to yeah. choose these ninety percent of the time anyway, and then yep. some other percentage of the time it'll be different. Yeah, I think it's more of like a quality of life thing than it is a strategic mm-hmm. element like I, I they seemed comfortable like just kind of eliminating that consideration and again it, this is a, a it's a trade-off a little bit but i think in this one is kind of fine it's generally better there's yeah. one matchup where it's a bummer but like yeah. every other case is, is usually okay I guess that's my point is like it does feel like a bummer because all these things are like well it just kind of slightly hurts the cats and it kind of helps the Vagabond. And you're like, well, we didn't need more of that. You know? Sorry. It's not Vagabond Week anymore. I got to get off that. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. One more edge case uh, rule that we got to talk about. And this is uh, affecting kind of one of the basic rules. And this is real edge casey. We're talking about the uh, rule where it's place as much as you can. Okay. So uh, one of the examples you pointed out here, Kyle, is the the charismatic leader. Uh, for the Erie Dynasties, recruits two birds with each recruit. And as we know, you can over-recruit and go into turmoil, right? Uh, but in in the game, how the rules of the Law of Root are written, you try to place as many as you can. So if you had one bird left and you have to recruit two, you would place that one bird and then go into turmoil. But the digital adaptation just knows you can't place two and you go into turmoil with one Eerie Warrior in your supply. So, yeah, you know, I mean, this one is like, I think, the most forgivable of all these things. It's like, yeah, fine. One Eerie Warrior. You're already going into turmoil. I mean, these things can matter. Kyle, you have another great example here of the Woodland Alliance at the Keep. Um, Yeah. I mean, again, I think this is super forgivable as, yeah. as this doesn't come up. In 99.9% of games. Um, but so rules is written. You're supposed to place or remove as many pieces as possible. Um, so if you were to take a Woodland Alliance warrior and walk them into the clearing with the keep and attempt to organize, um, what's supposed to happen is you remove your warrior back to the supply and then attempt to place the sympathy, but the keep prevents you from placing it. So all that would happen is the warrior goes back to the supply. Um, again, this is generally a pointless thing to do, um, but I've tried it on the app and you cannot do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the reasons you might do it would be if uh, if you've hit your officer limit and you need an additional officer for the next turn, or if you want to recruit that same warrior just like somewhere else on the map and you need a convenient way to get rid of them or you can't like march them to that other clearing where they need to be. Um, I've tried to do this before in order to like get my defense set up properly. So that I've got like two warriors at each of my bases. Right. Um, but yeah, again, this is generally not something that you would ever want to do or try. Uh, but the, the app just straight up doesn't allow it. 
you can't click on the piece or interact with it while it's um, at the keep. And yeah, so I mean, this rule exists for edge cases, basically. And Root Digital has just sort of like rounded it off. We're keeping (laughs) things that like positive integers in Root Digital. We're not doing imaginary numbers or like, you know, decimal points or anything like that. Why the charismatic leader thing, though? I think I, that's a good yeah. question. I'm I'm not 100% sure. I mean, it might just be, like, easier to code one way, and then if there's an exception, just, like, yeah. make it go into turmoil. Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm not 100% sure exactly. Uh, also, the thing is, is, at most, it would make the difference of one warrior when you probably have, like, 19 on the map. That's true. So. That's true. If they're not there, they're probably on the map. So that's a yeah, fair point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it generally doesn't matter too, too much. Yeah. Like, again, it kind of could matter. It's the same thing as the wood thing. Like, yeah. specific circumstances may matter. But, yeah, in general, these are real nitpicky things. Yeah. These are slight, slight rules differences. Um, but I, I would say the, like, playability of the Root Digital app is really really high well and that's because and that's partially because of these rule changes right it makes the games go quicker Uh, a lot of these things just happen faster and therefore you know we can get into the good things about roots digital now which is like hey you get a lot of games in you get those reps in that we talked about so you can test not only strategies but all the mechanics that you thought you understood you'll be brutally reminded that they won't work on turn four because you didn't (laughs) understand rule right yeah, it's, it's so good. When you're falling in love with Root and you're just like, oh, I want to play that other faction. Now you just can't. You don't have to <laughs> wait until Sunday, until your friends all come over and they're like, can we play a different game? And you're like, I've studied too much to play a different game. I'm sorry, guys, we're playing Root. So, yeah, it, it allows you to get in those fast games and try out uh, new strategies too you're like uh people are sleeping on the builder as an opening you know and you can just go into your own little laboratory and try to prove us wrong i love it <laughs> yeah one of the m- things i'm most impressed with of course is the tutorial system because i'm always about teaching the game so uh it was one of the best i think i've ever experienced like so the thing is that i was mixed on with root digital was man i really love seeing that player board all the time like that is such that's my favorite part i think of root in terms of components is having your whole personal game rule set right in front of you on a nice piece of cardboard and that's taken away in digital in favor of highlighting the map and a very basic ui that gives you the information that you need to take a turn and then you have to click on another menu to go see what is a, an abbreviated version of every player's board. And you can't even see those all at once. You have to, like, cycle through them full screen at a time. That said, like, th- the way that they present that information to you in this way is so much cleaner, right? It's less information that you have to take in all at once. So uh, you do learn faster. And their tutorials pretty much just push you through a turn. And they're like, this is what you do during each of these steps. Then it pushes you through a scenario uh, that you'd play within that faction that further teaches you how their mechanics works. And that's that's the best way to learn is to just throw them out of the plane and hope they figure out how to deploy the parachute. Yeah. Not the best way to teach someone how to parachute, but definitely no. the best way to teach someone how to root. Yes. Yeah, this is this is one of the best um this is one of the best ways to teach somebody that's new to the game like how to play in a pinch. And it also combines like my favorite thing, homework, uh which is that you can you can practice at home with the different tutorial like scenarios and it's possible to play against like one other faction 
when you're getting started. Mm-hmm. You won't get the like true feeling of like a four player full root game, but it'll it'll help you like grasp all the mechanics really quick. It's nice because th- yeah, there isn't really an equivalent to that on TTS or in real life of like giving you little mini scenarios and like do you have that? I mean, other than somebody sitting there with you one-on-one setting up the scenarios and checking in with you every two seconds. Like, do you understand what's happening? <laughs> so I I think that is one of the best parts is the tutorial system. I feel like if anyone was interested in Root, I mean, the first thing I would tell them to do is buy the app and then give it a go and then see if you like it, you know? Um, also, another huge plus to the app is that you can't play it wrong, Right. Like, you can't make a rules mistake. Those learning games, you're going to get even more from them because you're not messing up key rules that kind of makes you have to throw out some of what you've learned about the game, you know? Um, If you didn't realize that the Vagabond had to exhaust an item for aid, uh, you're going to have that those games where you have to put an asterisk by because you're like, well, we weren't really playing it right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah, the guardrails are very helpful. Um even even if you've played a bunch of games of Root, it's still so nice to have those things to bump up against to help remind you of, like, you know, taking care of dotting those I's, crossing those T's, dotting those lowercase J's. Like, it helps you do all that. In terms of getting games played, Root Digital, the matchmaking is so fast. You can get You can sign up for an online game. People will be joining your game in minutes. Like, you don't have to wait long, usually. And uh, it's a lot faster than trying to grab some people in real life or round up some people on Discord for a tabletop simulator game. Um, obviously, we'll kind of get into the cons of, of how easy it is to do this. But overall, if I wanted to play a game of Root against real people, this would be the fastest, easiest way to do that. Yeah, it's quick and it's getting quicker. Um, the, yeah. With the expansion just coming out, like it brought a flood of people either back to the game or... Mm-hmm freshly uh, into the game and you know this golden geek award like come on it's gonna be tons of people on root digital now uh (laughs) but i mean i've i've found that you know just a few months ago it it would take a pretty long time to find a game on matchmaking and there are some downtimes for sure Mm -hmm. um but in in the recent weeks like it's it's been a lot of people on the game and it's really quick to find a game. So yeah, I, I love playing against real opponents. Um, even with the, you know, filter, the medium of the digital app, um, kind of hampering the, the talking game somewhat, mm-hmm. I would say still great, a great experience to go for. Huge, huge game changer here is asynchronous play. This is something you can't do on tabletop simulator or in real life. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't take it. What, you don't play by letter imagining. anymore. What you don't play by letter anymore. <laughs> yeah, That's crazy. Actually, has anyone it? ever done anything like that? Like play by forum? Because I've I, never done. Uh, like that. I had a friend that organized a game of diplomacy over long distances, but it, it did not end because it was too hard to work out. But yeah. we tried. Yeah, wasn't there like a famous world championship of diplomacy that lasted like seven years or something? <laughs> like I believe it. Whoa. <laughs> No, I've never uh, done that, but I imagine, Kyle, you have as a chess player, right? I have conducted one game that lasted about three weeks. Uh, I played with my dad one move at a time. and But in that game, we specifically encouraged each other to like go away, like spend 
time like each day like it was like a we send one move per day back and forth yeah it was a little more frequent than one one move per day but it lasted like around 23 or 24 days from what i remember um just kind of back and forth we played the opening pretty quick but like i just remember it was it was so weird such a weird experience to be like alone in a room with the board set up and just like trying out different combinations and being like ah oh, no no damn it none of this works <laughs> <laughs> I feel like with Root, that'd be horrible. I feel like with yeah. Root, you'd get a letter that says, now, are you sure you want to do that? Yeah. Or you just get like three letters back saying you can't do that. Um, <laughs> you messed that up. Uh, so we have asynchronous play. I know I've played one game asynchronously with you, Kyle. Um, mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it's great. It, it's fine. I think it's great if you have if you're like going to work or something where you can't check in all the time. If you're trying to slack off at your job, I think asynchronous play is probably the way to go. It's ideal, yeah. Um, it's actually like kind of possible to have a few asynchronous games running simultaneously. That's nice. Um, which is very mind bending. Uh, I've actually had I've considered doing some kind of like I don't know like short video series, which is like we just check in on like five asynchronous games, and like no matter where they are. You just like pull it up, assess the board position, and make a move, and then like go to the next game. Like totally different setup. Okay, Kasparov, I get it. <laughs> this yeah, kind of like a simultaneous exhibition. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. This is this this gives me an idea of like you get four friends together, all right, and you you choose a like faction combination, and you get four asynchronous games going on where everyone is a different one of the combinations. So we're, you're playing all the factions at the same time. <laughs> Kind of against people who are doing the same thing. That that might be fun. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I feel like that'd be a really fun exercise. I mean, it, it would. I've I've found that it can be a little brain destroying, like <laughs> to, uh, like mess with that amount of complexity. Yeah. But it is it is really fun. It's really fun, like root push-ups for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great transition into the next huge <laughs> positive of root digital, which is the challenges. Um, this is so fun. I know people that have run up all the- Kyle, have you completed all the challenges? They just released a new batch with the Riverfolk expansion. I've not completed them all in the root batch. I, I, I did complete three while I was at work today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a slow day. And to be it's clear, fun. you work at Direwolf Digital or no? <laughs> oh! oh! Um, no, I work at the, uh, the surgical tent in the forest nearby where we're just taking care of lycanthropy patients. So it was, um, I thought you were going to say you work at a hospital and you weren't tending to your patients and you were instead playing root. No, it wasn't a full moon recently. So we're, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. Very seasonal kind of job, like once a month. Anyway, some of these challenges are insane too. It'll be like first to 50 points. That's a fun one, but wait, I think it's like first to 50, but everyone all the people you're going against can win at 30, right? Uh, they all, I think they all start with 10 points. Oh, So okay. they have a 10-point advantage. The game goes to 50. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that one's called The Long Game. It's pretty fun. That one's fun, yeah. There's like winning on dominance as the Woodland Alliance is just a crapshoot. You're just hoping that the birds are as bad as they usually are at stopping that, dominance plays. Um, I think that's one of the more valuable challenges, in all ooh. honesty. I remember one of the things that got me interested in the Woodland Alliance enough to like do a whole deep dive on them was actually playing through the challenges and being forced to be really aggressive to like use all the military actions in the evening. Uh, And it just made me see them in a totally different way. And 
I, it, you really get to like push the factions to do like pretty unusual things, but I, I feel like it helps you to learn how to push them yeah. in real games mm-hmm. better. Yeah. So like the one where you're supposed to win a dominance victory with with an alliance, well, like obviously it's the bird dominance victory, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like controlling three clearings or ruling three clearings is very hard. Um, and I, in that one in, in particular, you have to figure out a way to get your bases across the map as quickly as possible. And it it made me think totally differently about how to place that opening sympathy in order to like reach those corners without like getting trapped there. And uh, yeah, I I learned a lot from the challenges. I I was saying this in the Discord, but like I got Root Digital to play more Root, and then I found the challenges, and that took my Root game to a whole new level, <laughs> uh, just in terms of like being able to grapple with how these factions really can work, could work. Um, yeah. given some different circumstances. Yeah, I love that. I love just putting those different circumstances because for me, Root is a game where there's all this kind of asymmetric chaos going on and a, a mark of a good Root player is assessing all the chaos and being able to find your best way through it. I mean, like Sporadic did in the tournament, right? Like he saw the crazy circumstances of these unique versions of these factions that no longer exist and was able to math it out, was able to to kind of find his way through in the chaos. So uh, that's what's so great about the challenges. They'll just make the game real wonky, and you have to figure out a way of how your faction plays into that. Additionally, like as we said earlier, the way that Root Digital displays information to pretty much the crucial stuff on the main screen kind of keeps the information overload from being too much and allows you to game that out a lot more efficiently. I got one more uh, big positive that I want to shout out, and it's the affordability of Root uh, Digital. Uh, I play Spirit Island a lot. I play Spirit Island digitally as well, and that app is like $25, and it is not better than the Root app. You can't even play against other people yet. They're still working on it, okay? And they're still getting all their expansion material out there too, Mm -hmm. which, you know, Root is obviously still in the middle of doing, but... This is just such an affordable entry point into Root. The board game is, you know, 60 bucks, and that's just the base game. And it, it's just so hard with Root. Like, you, you got to get it all, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you, it's like Pokemon. Yeah. You have to have them all. Yeah. Because it's it's just the fun ecosystem. Like we're talking about, we like to see how wonky it is and how you figure it out. Well, you add more factions, you add a different deck, you add more maps. That is more wonkiness. So, um. Uh, but Root Digital, you can f- quickly find out if this is the game for you. Because like we said, this game might not be for everybody. It's a complicated game with a lot of intellectual buy-in up top. Mm-hmm. But what's nice is that also doesn't have to be financial buy-in now that there's an app. Yeah, very accessible. Yeah, we, we've mentioned like a couple of ways that it's very friendly for newer players. Yeah. And you're right, Sam. Like the affordability is just another feather in the cap of, uh, of Direwolf Digital. Great job making this adaptation. Totally deserves the BGG Golden Geek Award. Um, but uh, along with all the laudable things about Root Digital, there comes a, a, a good number of reasons why we think Root Digital could improve a little bit. Uh, uh, wait, hold on, Kyle. As you say that, I am going to leave. I'm just going to leave now. Um, see ya. Bye, right, Sam. Cover your ears. Bye, Sam. 
Yeah, the main thing about <laughs> digital that is hard is when players just leave in the middle of a game. Yeah. And, oh. uh, you know, there, there's this option. It that you was can a bit. I get it now. <laughs> I was like, when are we going to let him do his punchline? Oh, we're moving on. Okay, Kyle's going. Oh, no, it is the punchline. Yeah, it just wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just frustrating, like like the real experiences. <laughs> because what happens is, is like a player resigns, um, and frequent circumstances for this are uh, eerie turmoils, kind of early ish, mm-hmm. um, or there's just like a weird connection issue, and somebody drops out and can't rejoin. Um, a lot of reasons why players would drop out individually, but what happens when that when that occurs is the AI replaces that individual. And takes over their faction from that point in time. Now, it's pretty amazing that they've crafted an AI that can just take over for a player, yep. no matter what the position is, and still, like, kind of make it work. No. But the AI is uh, notoriously dumb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and will make completely illogical, like, counterproductive decisions, like, all the time. Yeah. And it is kind of predictably unpredictable. Yeah. Or, like, unpredictable, but in predictable ways if that makes any sense like it does dumb things consistently okay consistently exactly interesting um and so that can just kind of ruin the game a little bit right like you know you're matching wits with three opponents and uh the image that i've used before is like root is like a scrum in rugby where the game is elevated by everybody pushing together and uh trying to keep you know, weight on each other's shoulders. You know, the crabs have to try and keep everyone in the bucket. Yeah. And the AI just like lets you run away with it. It's like, <laughs> it rings a bit hollow in the end. Um, yeah. So it's quite, quite annoying when players leave. <laughs> and yeah. And yeah, we talk about how it's important to play this game with people of like skill. Right. And obviously you could be randomly matched with a beginner and this could still be an issue, but it's just way more of an issue when it's an AI. I would always rather play with a beginning player than have to play against the computer because at least that new player, they might not totally understand all the repercussions of their actions, but they are making them in their own best interest. (laughs) Yeah, they will protect their sawmills or whatever. (laughs) The AI can sometimes just feel like a pigeon just like, pecking buttons like hoping for like a treat or something like it just doesn't make any sense sometimes yeah also because this is a digital thing and and tabletop simulator can have this too but uh the the app a little bit more notorious for its lag anytime you have an internet connection this is going to be an issue but of course the digital adaptation and matching and having everyone's internets going all at the same time has caused digital to have some lag now obviously it has gotten a lot better uh since when it first launched but that this is still definitely a factor that uh and it you know a tabletop simulator if you don't have a good enough you know machine or a strong enough internet connection you it, it could be almost unplayable for you and an app might be better but uh this lag on the especially these matchmaking things can can be a bummer yeah, that's probably just an, an answer of server stability. Also, probably with the growing number of players all at once, there might be just they might not have prepared for that influx of new folks. I think I think it's because it went on sale recently, too, with the expansion going up. So it might be just uh, a settling in of new players, too. So hopefully that'll stabilize soon. I hope so as well, because, yeah, one of the forms that lag takes that is particularly annoying is uh, 
when you have your fourth player joining the table and it cuts to that screen, that like loading screen, and then it gives you a pop-up that just says like the game failed to load or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's just like a huge bummer because you're like, oh, we, we finally got all the people together. Like we we're going to have this really good game. And then it just uh, it just kicks you out for a mysterious reason. So you, you are going to run into that from time to time, which can be frustrating. And again, I think you're right, Jake. It's just a development thing. Like, you know, as they, you know, uh, employ more servers or, you know, kind of, are able to scale the architecture to make it more stable like that's going to improve but for now we're just kind of dealing with the jank as it comes along (laughs) yeah um speaking of it coming along not all the content for root is released on root digital we just got the riverfolk expansion we're still waiting for the underworld expansion and the exiles and partisans deck and is that it in terms of content well, and I then mean, obviously eventually the Marauders, the Marauders expansion. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Marauders expansion, but you know you got you got to give them a break on that. We got to let them sure. at least get it out in the real world first, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or also, we're it. waiting on the uh, lake map and mountain map. Yeah, uh, as a part of the underworld expansion, I guess. Right. That's yeah. probably going to be the next big hurdle is um, three more vagabonds, the underground duchy, and the Corvid conspiracy, as well as the lake and mountain map. Yeah. Um. I hope that's all in development, but I'd trade it all for the Exiles and Partisans deck. I know. I was like, if you can give us one thing in the meantime, the Exiles and Partisans deck would be fantastic. Oh, it'd be so good. But this this really is like the beginning of the Golden Age for Root Digital, now that the River Folk expansion has been released mm-hmm. already. Because the, the thing before, uh, I'm glad we're doing this episode right now, because several weeks ago, all you could do is the same four factions on only the Autumn map. I guess not a few weeks ago. Um, as of like tw- at the end of 2020, we got the winter map. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that significantly improved how fun it was to play on Root Digital. Yeah. And now that we have even more factions going into it, like the complexity just grew and it's just a good time to be getting in on Root Digital. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, and, you know, all the all the stuff that's in development. That's something you can do on Tabletop Simulator. Or you can print and play in real life. But like Tabletop Simulator, I feel like is this is definitely one of the best things about Tabletop Simulator is the amount of content. It's all there for you. It's free. I, I should have well, Tabletop Simulator costs, you know, 15, 20 bucks. Wait for it on sale. You can get it for like 10. Um, but then you can play basically any board game you ever wanted. So that is definitely the cheapest thing. I think I should when I was talking about the affordability of root. Uh, digital. I should have shouted out Tabletop Simulator, obviously being very affordable as well. And to be clear, too, the uh, the root uh, digital version that's on t- Tabletop Simulator is blessed by Leader Games. I know some companies yeah, are, yeah, some companies definitely aren't as uh, re- warm or receptive to the idea of a digital version of their game being out there for TTS, which I completely understand from a business perspective. But uh, Leader Games is cool with this one. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, and they're so cool. And like that hasn't stopped me from buying everything I can for Root. Like, oh yeah, I want Root on Steam so I can play it on my computer, and I want the Root app so I can play it on my phone. I, I, I want it all. I want the next expansion. I got the more hirelings. Like, I, I I always believe this that if you just give people what they want, they will come and get more from you. You know, <laughs> if you give them the music for free, they will come see you live. I guess has always been. This fight, I've always thought of, you know, I was a kid when Napster was around. So I just feel like I've always kind of believed in that mentality. And I love that Leader Games is in that same vein. 
Well, awesome. Yeah. So if you're on the fence about getting digital and want to get good at root, you should 100% get it because it's yeah. going to only facilitate your games when you can't get real ones together. And there's plenty of times when you can't get ones together. I know a number of people have said to me that like, as you said, Sam, they like playing it when you walk your dog, but like people can play it on the couch or even like before you go to bed and stuff, you can just crank out a few turns. And that's an, that's an easy way to uh, keep the reps up for sure. Yeah. Now there's, some of these other cons that are kind of the things that really drag it down. And this is not the fault of Direwolf Digital. Kyle. <laughs> I'm talking about there's some weird imbalances. And this especially happens when you have like newer players playing with people that are really trying to, you know, go to the next level with their play. Right. Um, this can mean that people are trying to do meme moves of like storming the keep on round one. Or extortion otters, I'm sure we're going to see uh, people try where they park all the otters onto the keep and be like, pay me to move your wood and that kind of stuff. Um, and because Root, ha Root Digital has more anonymity, right? You don't even hear my voice. You don't see my face. This can promote these kind of more meme moves uh, that can be very frustrating for other players. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely, it, you can get some capricious decision-making going on in Root Digital. Um, also, just, like, pointless reprisals, I feel like, happen a lot on Root Digital, because it's, like, even if it loses the game, like, you're still just going to, like, act out on your, you know, urge for revenge, um, right. rather than, like, think about it for a minute. Right. Uh, I feel like I see that a lot on Root Digital. Kind of like how you um, saved the birds from the turmoil against the scoundrel. Yeah, I think that is yeah. definitely the flavor of pointless reprisals pointless that reprisal. I see a lot yeah. of. Yeah, that happens. Oh no, I've become the thing I I loathe. Um, <laughs> but that's all right. Um, the 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 fact that it's slightly anonymous does contribute to that. But I don't know. I I kind of don't mind it so much. Yeah. Um, because it's so easy to find a game. Like if yeah. if one gets right. wrecked, like you know, you can just start another one. Yeah, like, you, it's you all who are listening to this, you've been on the internet. You know how it is out there. <laughs> it's it's uh it's chaotic. But yeah, find some friends uh, when you can, and also roll the dice on some strangers and see what happens. But yeah, you, you also it can be really fun to like win the game anyway. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's so satisfying. satisfying is when you get <laughs> throttled by someone and then just slowly overtake them and come right back. That's. Oof, mm. That's Internet the best justice. way to teach them. Oh, it's great. Um, but then, yeah, the, I, I would say, like, lastly, one thing you'll run into is, you know, it's it's you who've, who's played, like, a bunch of Root and who's listened to, like, a lot of episodes of this podcast and gotten really good. And then you'll, you'll be playing against someone who's, like, brand new at the game and they're just kind of giving it to another player without realizing. Yeah. And that experience can be rather frustrating. I would say even more frustrating than someone who's, like, purposefully doing something that's kind of cheeky. Like playing a game where like, despite your best efforts, somebody else is helping your opponent win is like, uh, it can feel a little like futile. So that skill level difference could be kind of grading occasionally. Or just like the competitive, like some people are better at competing and like keeping their cool, you know, or just like reading a situation. Like I can imagine you typing into chat, like you're giving them the game or something. And then somebody replying, like you're just saying that cause you want to win. And then being like, well, yeah, but 
that doesn't mean you should give the game to somebody else. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just because you can't have that weight, we need to talk about this situation and what you're doing and how it's affecting the game. You're not going to write a paragraph. And even if you do write multiple paragraphs explaining exactly what's going on, you look like the crazy person. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It, this really does tie back into the like interaction, the interactivity being yeah. kind of weird. Like I just had a game where the otters player, I was playing against otters and lizards as the cats. And everyone could see that in the lizard's hand was favor of the mice. Yeah. And they had three mouse gardens. And the Otters player had like six warriors stacked up in this one clearing ready to like go after them. And then instead just started sitting back and doing dividends and getting like two points a turn for dividends by doing nothing at all. And I was just like, bro, like favor the mice. <laughs> no dude favor of the and then it goes off and like wrecks the my game is the cats like i have nothing yep. to look forward to for the rest of this game yeah the lizards are just steamrolling and the otters are just chilling there i was like look we could have made a deal like i reached out and you just said nothing so i spent the rest of the game attacking the otters because, like, <laughs> so naturally <laughs> yeah well they're just sitting on their one trade post trying right. to collect dividends yeah. and i'm like this is not gonna work you betrayed the table. I'm gonna. It's all I can do. It's the only thing I have left to do. I mean, this is also the. This is what we talked about. This is the other consequence of it being so quick and easy to jump into a game. Is people can experiment and they can experiment, quote unquote, poorly, <laughs> or, yeah, or in ways that we don't absolutely. like. So yeah, that's that's gonna happen for sure. I remember, like when I was like knocking out some digital games before a bird's guide. I would, you know, usually it's like kind of like I don't know. It, customary to go into a game all random factions and let the game tell you what you're playing even though you can choose your faction a lot of people just like to play full random games um and so i would go in there and i'd choose the birds because i was researching the birds for the podcast and i go I'm, i go sorry i'm doing some birds research i throw it in the chat so i didn't look like i only play the birds. i am the bird yeah. player <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should probably add this to cons too, but you will get people who like join fourth and pick the Vagabond <laughs> and just like slink in under the radar. Uh, Wait, so Sam, you would join as the birds, select the birds, then apologize because you were doing bird research and you thought that would make you seem more okay? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just wanted everyone to know what the deal was and that's when i was recognized uh from the podcast <laughs> don't you run a podcast about this game yes yeah okay <laughs> punch him but we should really worry about the cats right now guys but let me tell you um, why statistically the vagabond's gonna win this game <laughs> well what's on the horizon for root digital well, we assume there's, you know, we're going to get the Underworld expansion at some point. Like we said, we're hoping for that Exiles and Partisans deck even even before that. Who knows? Maybe it'll all come out at once. I don't know. Real quick, is this whole section just speculation, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is what we want for the yeah. future. Okay. so Not this... not what we've been promised. The developers are notoriously, like, pretty silent about... The the things progress. that they are guaranteed okay. to work on because mm -hmm. i think they just don't want to uh over promise okay. basically yeah. um but what we'd love to see is uh you know a complete sweep of all the factions right like yeah. we've, we've gone a good amount of the way like let's keep going with that for sure right yeah um would love to see exiles and partisans deck as soon as possible like that'd yeah. be great 
Yeah. Um, also, new maps would be super fun. Yeah. But then, just like because one of the main gripes is always with the interactivity. Yeah. Um, including some type of voice chat uh, ability might be a way to kind of help the games feel like like they're a little more immediate or or there's a little you know more communication happening. Yeah, just um, like it's an option, maybe. You know, you could play a game, just like you can choose asynchronous or three-minute. Like, you could choose, you know, kind of like anonymous or voice chat, you know, where you can opt into that. I think that that would be huge. Uh, also, like, some kind of ranking system. Like, in order to play games that feel like they could matter versus just a casual game or playing people... Uh, around your skill level a ranking system also has like an effect where there's something to take away from somebody if they quit a game in the middle of it i know that i play a lot of soccer games on my phone like online soccer games and there's a huge penalty when you quit a game like all your players are super exhausted and your rankings tank and like and so then you have to spend a bunch of your in-game currency to heal your players and you have to play a bunch more games to get back that number. And I, I think something like that could be really helpful for Root. Because, Kyle, you were on top of the Root leaderboards for a bit. Talk about how they work a little bit and, and what you'd like to see in the future. Yeah, actually, I do get this question a lot, which is like how... Because there is like currently a ranking system in Root Digital. You know, yeah. there's like a number one and, and, you know, all the way on down. And uh, people are often confused about how that works. So what I've figured out about it is that basically like you get a certain number of points for completing a game yeah if you come in last place you get one point and if you come in first place you get four points and so it's like four three two one mm-hmm. and they just add that to a continuing tally uh i think you start at like a hundred or something and it just kind of keeps on ramping up uh and so the last time i checked the person in first place has some kind of crazy amount like almost 3200 i'm looking points. at it now <laughs> it's 4100 4100 wow you sir are have dropped down to eighth at 3100 yeah i really have slacked off yeah a lot, i are you even qualified to do this podcast anymore <laughs> uh, not <laughs> anymore not anymore Jeez. wait who do we need to get on the project what's his name uh what's their name? their name is brenu Najal. Mm. well great well th- should we should we close it here i feel like we've covered everything on the thing right yeah i think i think that's it i mean root digital definitely i think has a place in any root enthusiast life uh in their like root diet um it may not be the top choice <laughs> when it when it comes down to going against the top competition or experiencing the full game but it does offer so many things that the other platforms don't and so i i what I'm trying to react to is I don't think it's good to be elitist about any of these ways to play mm-hmm. Root. Yeah. And I think that Root Digital opens the door for many new players in a way that the real game in TTS doesn't. And I think that that's incredible. Um, and so I think that uh, Marcus the Cat has a really good thing when you're kind of choosing which kind of game you want to play. He says, come to digital to optimize your faction mechanics and come to Tabletop Simulator to play the Diplomatic game. Mm. Right? Yeah. And that feels right. Like, uh, Tabletop Simulator is going to, again, simulate a real-life game a little bit more accurately, but Root Digital is going to let your brain wrap itself around the game a lot faster. 
Yeah, those those like nuts and bolts you're gonna pick up really quick from root digital. Um, I like to think of it as like root push-ups or like root jump rope or whatever. Like you can just like run up the stairs in your mind like Rocky and uh, and then get on tabletop simulator. And none <laughs> and of these the are physical round. activities. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um, once we get a tiger faction, this will all make Ooh. a lot more sense. <laughs> Well, we have some people to thank. There was a lot of great discussion on the Woodland War Machine Discord uh, channel on the Good Time Society Discord this week. And so I want to give a, a thanks to Fugless, Justin K, Squidmark, Fantastic Mr. Trickster, Garrick Samples, Opie's Funeral, Marcus the Couch, VJ, Prestain, shouts to Nebuchadnezza, Anu the Fox, Shadow, TDM, Crewmeister, Fro Daddy, SCPT Matt, and Nitro Rev. Nitro Thank you guys. Rev. Sounds like a character on Twisted Metal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, we, you know, last week's episode, it was super awesome to have Hunter and Matt from Space Cats Peace Turtles. Please check out their podcast. They talk about Root. Uh, mainly, they talk about Twilight Imperium. They have a fantastic Twilight Imperium uh, tournament happening right now. And uh, we often talk about Twilight Imperium in relation to Root, but another person who does that is Cole Worley, who designed Root. He was obsessed with Risk and Twilight Imperium and a bunch of war games, and so the oh. uh, the kind of influence is baked in there. Oh, so I didn't know that. That's if, you know, I'm not going to say if you know a lot about Twilight Imperium, it'll help with Root, but playing any other big complicated game uh, can help, and it, there's a lot of similar table diplomacy tactics that can go down they are the two games that i've most said are you sure you want to do that <laughs> for sure when do you think uh direwolf was gonna implement their um twilight imperium <sighs> uh app i mean i could you imagine the co the complexity of that coding especially trying to figure out an ai on that <laughs> i don't know the i feel like it'd be easier than doing seven different ais for all the different root care uh, roots just like so as yeah. asymmetric. Yeah, I would they're, think that'd they're be different systems. Hard. That's true. But who wants to spend six hours on an app? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine playing that game on your phone? You're like, oh, you're trying to look at Quandor or whatever. Asynchronous play to take takes over. place over three years. <laughs> it would take seriously a thousand years. Also, you like, have to you, update be... your phone. You have to get like a new phone by the time the game's out. Hopefully, we'll finish this agenda phase by Christmas. <laughs> Oh, no, they've updated it. Everything crashed. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, could you imagine, like, trying to be like, hey, like, let's let's go, like, let's step aside and, like, work out a deal here. It'd be so hard. Yeah. Play synchronous. Not like, impossible, right? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Twilight Imperium, you got this, Direwolf. I don't know you'll figure it <laughs> we out. We believe in you. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about next week, friends? Ooh, next week we are diving into another faction guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Diving, Diving is the right word. We're talking about the Riverfolk Company. Ooh. <laughs> um, everyone's favorite card daddies. <laughs> well, we'll uh, dive into them next week. But in the meantime... Root, 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 root